What if I told you loving yourself could change your life? It can, and I know from experience. I'm Lauren, and this is the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast. Everyone is worthy of self-love and guilty of letting others develop narratives about you. It's time to shut that down and own your narrative. Let's cut out the negativity and let yourself shine. It's never too late to love yourself inside out. Hey listeners, it's Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for tuning in this week. And hopefully you've listened the last couple of weeks because this episode will make a lot more sense if you've been listening. Um, if not, that's okay. I will do a little recap as to how we got here. But if you want to go back and listen to the last two episodes, it could be beneficial for this because this is the third episode the of the my why series and this is you know like what happens after what's happening now i'm so so excited to share that but before we dive into that next week i'll be talking more about the upcoming holiday season just a reminder on boundaries and everything that comes along with different feelings that can be happening cuz can you believe that we are almost at the end of the year and there could be a lot of different types of commitments that pop up um, and people deal with those differently and and all the fun that comes with the end of the year. I can't believe it, though, that we are in November and Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Like, where did the year go? I don't know. Really, it has been flying by so, so fast. So let's kind of recap as to what has been happening in the last two episodes. So these have been like a three-part series. Essentially, this is the third part of my why, and we are now in the after part, like what is happening after. But in episode one of it, I went ahead and kind of explained what happened in my life. There was a perceived threat of life which um, I cover back then, but if you didn't tune in real quick, that is when there was a threat to my life. Obviously, I'm here and good, but, you know, something happened where, you know, it could have been a different outcome. Um, and so from that, the, technolo- the technological term of it is perceived threat to life. Um. And so I talked about what all the impact was. And then in the second one, second part, which was the treatment part, I learned about the technological term for what I had been going through. And when I reached out to a therapist, because different things in life would trigger me to start thinking, you know, way differently about everything. Um, It would be maybe a loud noise that would send me into a tailspin. It would be maybe, you know, a shooting at a school. It would be a friend's tragic death. Random, not random, you know, horrible tragedies, though, would send me back into this afraid space or space where, you know, I just, I had to take a few steps. Like, it really impacted and threw off my life in the moment. Um. And so it was important for me to get into treatment. And it was like, 
I was done being impacted by everything. It could have even it could have even been something like me going more public with something or, you know, like in the olden days launching my um, blog and things like that. So just things where I thought somebody could find me or, you know, I, I've just had a lot of different thoughts and feelings and anxiety that came from all sorts of different triggers. And so I realized I had to get into treatment. And when I did, I was tested um, for PTSD and was diagnosed with a severe form of it, which I had no idea uh, did not even realize that was something that I would have. Like, never in my mind did I think that would be something I was struggling with. But I was, and I've realized through the treatment, which was amazing, that I went through. It was a long time, but it was a lot of hard work and dedication and just being honest and truthful with myself and, you know, being vulnerable in front of the therapist. But then we did... EMDR, which allowed me to kind of separate the feelings from the memories that I had. So they're not as, um, not as like I'm being transported back into the moment every time one pops up. I can think about them now without having a severe emotional reaction to them. Um, Yes, I still have emotions, all of that stuff, but I'm able to separate out now and think about the memory even a little differently. Um, if you listen to that one, you'll hear that I saw different details, different things that were said, things that my brain had blocked became much clearer, and I was able to get more perspective on the situation. And I like to think that I regained control of my own narrative through that process. I no longer was subject to these memories that were in a way haunting me uh, for, you know, the time period. And so much shifted I learned through EMDR, like so many things, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, what I didn't even know was impacted. I found out was impacted. And now I'm like, wow, how did I even make it through with all of that going on? Like, it's amazing how much you can adapt your life around something without even knowing that you're doing it. And in that way, I think we're miraculously built that way where we figure out how to survive without even knowing that we're altering what we're doing. And in the same way, once I started to fix things, I didn't even realize things were being changed. And it was like all of a sudden, you know, my therapist was like, well, you're not doing that anymore. And I was like, no, I guess I'm not. Like, I didn't even consciously realize something had shifted. And I will give an example of something too that I was told an example of, of kind of how this could work. Um, and so you can understand kind of how, I don't know, how it might even be possible that you wouldn't realize you're not doing something you've been doing. <laughs> uh, because to me, it's like, mind-blowing, but at the same time, I think it's just, and this is, again, I am not medically trained. I don't have any, you know, certificates, things. This is all just my experience. Um, you need to investigate. You need to talk to others. You need to do your own homework and know that treatment's going to go different for everyone else. 
but I am purely sharing this because I think it is so important that we, you know, increase awareness around mental health. So we need to end the stigma that something could even be wrong with going to get treatment if you need it. Um, and that it's anybody, you know, anybody else's to judge. It's not. And so I'm putting it all out there. This is something I have not fully shared, you know, widely, um, that I've been doing all this and, you know, and I can talk about that too, like how it was when I even decided to do it. And if I told people or not too, so that that's kind of an important part. So that will be in this third part. So let's kick it off officially into part three. And where I left off last time was that I felt like EMDR was magic and it was so helpful. And trust me, it was. And then ended the therapy sessions because I felt like, you know, at the time I had achieved what I was looking to achieve and I always knew the door was open. So since I ended and gosh, I think it's been, I think I've said maybe about a year ago or just over a year ago. So it's, it's been a little while since I've done these. Um, I don't remember the exact dates, but it, um, I've not felt like I needed to go back since I, you know, continuously test myself on, you know, just making sure I'm aware that I'm not slipping back into any old ways or anything like that. But I can tell you I'm not, I am actually way more confident. I am way more strong. I am able to talk about, you know, the situation now in a much different way. Like before it was this, I almost felt like I was being dramatic about it in some ways, you know, because nothing did end up happening, which is why it's called a perceived threat of life. There, there was a threat, but nothing ended up happening, which is, you know, so in some ways I'm like, there's all these situations out there in the world where tragic things did happen um, from, you know, situations. And I always felt like I knew I was really, you know, bothered by it all. And obviously it impacted my life a lot with the PTSD, but at the same time, I almost felt like I don't know, like my story wasn't important to share because nothing did happen and I was still here. Um, and I've realized through therapy that what I went through was very valid and that um, it is important to share if I want to share. It's my story I don't need to share. I also learned that like I never have to tell anyone if I don't want, but I feel like I need to tell people because I'm sure there are instances out there where other people feel like just because maybe something didn't play out fully, even though there is trauma around it and you feel that, you feel like you shouldn't really say anything because nothing actually happened. People are like, okay, well, nothing happened, but yet it was so significant in your life and it impacted you a lot. Um, and so that's why I feel like in some ways it's important I share this because there was a lot of time, yeah, that I felt like I was trying to voice an opinion around why maybe I 
was reacting a certain way or why maybe I move a certain way in my life. And I couldn't quite ever articulate to somebody the full reason why, because I felt in a way like, well, nothing happened. So it's, it's not so difficult. I shouldn't tell them. I was almost embarrassed in some ways. Um, with it, I had a hard time reconciling that nothing actually did happen, but yet I felt like something did happen. Like it was like this whole cycle in my head, but through therapy, I learned that I was very valid in my feelings and to me, something really did happen, right? Something changed in the way that I viewed. I didn't, you know, I didn't know why I don't know the why. And it's like, that's something that also I learned kind of held me up. Um, you know, afraid to move in certain ways or the whole thing with like being afraid to be more public or saying certain things or building the blog that I used to have. It's like, since I don't know the why, it's like, I don't know what, you know, triggered it. Um, and so then everything I was doing was like, could this be a trigger? Could this cause somebody to not like me? again? Could this be part of the reason um, that, you know, there was even this whole situation in the first place? So through therapy, I realized I was able to, in a way, like be okay with not knowing ever the why behind everything. And that I didn't, it's not important to me to know that anymore. You know, it's not an important thing that I need to understand, which feels so nice. It's okay not to know the why. I'll probably never know the why. Um, and it's like, this is great. I don't need to know the why because this is my story again. Now I'm owning my narrative in this and the why is frankly not important. All I need to know is that I was valid in what my thoughts and feelings were from that time and everything that occurred from after the time. And I've learned how to deal with them now and control them. And now I can share my story because it doesn't send me into a tailspin. It doesn't send me back into these exact feelings of being afraid and, you know, looking over my shoulder all the time. It doesn't do that anymore. Like I can talk about it and I still feel like, yep, it was a very significant moment in my life. And I'm still always going to look at it that way, but I get to now say what I want about it without being overwhelmed or anxious or, you know, on the verge of a panic attack, all that kind of stuff, which is amazing to feel that way. Um, I can't even tell you how amazing it is. And I also mentioned last time something about like not even hearing cars go by and sure, obviously, I still hear cars, you know, drive by, all of that. But at this, I don't hear them in the same way. Now they're back and noise, like, oh gosh, that car had a loud engine or whatever. Like, don't understand why they do that. But, you know, I can hear it just for what it is at face value. I'm not listening to see if, you know, they're like hanging on too long outside my place or, you know, there's some intent that I always associated to cars. Um, you know, and just like, also if I'm 
out somewhere and in a parking lot and a car is slowing down, which many do, I'm not thinking that they're somehow going to interact with me anymore, which I know that just sounds so different to think that in a shopping parking lot in your mind, you're thinking anyone who is slowing down or, you know, walking a little off is somehow going to interact with you. But I don't know. I couldn't not think that like I was always on high alert 24 seven. I was ready and prepared to flee any moment. You know, I definitely had fight or flight going in my head. Like I said, I always knew exit routes. I always was just ready for something to occur, like always ready. And, you know, even thinking back, um, there was a time that I actually learned I worked with like an MMA fighter as a personal trainer to learn moves, you know, that he did the, how to punch, how to kick properly, how to like go on, you know, crawl on the ground in the right way, how to move quickly and agilely to get away from a situation and become more in control of it. Um, and no, I did not seek out an MMA fighter happened to be one of the trainers at the gym that I was working out at the time. And so it just worked out that way. But yeah, instead of having him train me on equipment and all that stuff, I was like, teach me what you know, and like help me become a strong person that way. And so, you know, I, I would, I would navigate like who goes to a gym and then finds out the person's MMA and like, Hey, instead of teaching me about all the equipment and stuff and why I'm like paying for this space here to come, like teach me something that doesn't even pertain to this gym. Um, cause it was just a regular standard old gym. There was no MMA stuff going on in there. And he was like, cool. And it was so helpful because, you know, I was like building more tools for myself at the time that I felt I needed to be ever in a situation. I would definitely be able to take care of myself. Um, so that was all stuff, right? Pre-treatment. And now I'm like, even though, yes, I still know how to do that. I don't feel like I'm going to have to use these techniques I used, you know, the Maybe someday I will, I hope never. Um, but you know, I don't go out every day thinking that anymore. I don't feel like I have to be on guard 24 seven. Yes, I absolutely am fully aware. And we did talk about this in therapy that there are some situations that just aren't right. And you get that, you know, that gut feeling like something's truly going wrong. Yes. Still fully aware of those. And yeah, that part, yes, but those are isolated is incidents, right? When that something like that pops up, you know, you're just you're just like a little suspicious of the situation going on. That is totally different. I was suspicious of every single situation, even if there was nothing to be suspicious of. And so that has been a huge like weight off my shoulders. It's like going to the grocery store. I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. I don't have to worry about if somebody drops something on the next aisle because I don't need to concern myself with what is happening. You know, whereas before it was like, why did they drop it? What are they doing? You know, who's over there? Like, I'm not even kidding you. That would happen in a grocery store. And I live in big cities. It's not like I know everyone everywhere. <laughs> um, and I kind of like chuckle at myself a little bit because to me, sounding it's, and it's not, 
I'm not laughing at myself or anything like that, but I'm just in awe of how much I didn't even realize was impacted. And I'm just like astonished that I used to be afraid of if somebody dropped something in a grocery store aisles down, like that was a real fear of mine. And I don't know why, like I never, I, I still don't totally understand like how that fully translated out, but my brain was just so focused on any type of potential threat and being ready to flee. So now I don't like when somebody does something like that in a grocery store and I can't see it, I'm okay with it. It's okay. Like I just keep shopping. I don't even fully realize anymore until like maybe later I'll be, you know, driving home from the store. I'll be later in the day and be like, Oh, Hey, you didn't react to that. Did you? (laughs) Um, but one example that I had heard about how EMDR worked was there was someone who had been in a really bad accident and no longer wanted to drive a car, went to therapy for EMDR to try to help. And one day that when this person had like come back, the therapist had asked something like, so what did you do, you know, over the last week? And the person said, oh, I went on a road trip with my son. Yeah, we drove here and there, you know, we each took shifts driving and all of this. And it was a really great time. Glad I got out of town. And the therapist was like, okay, but you were driving. Yeah, yeah, I was driving. So it's like the per- the person didn't even realize that they were driving a car. Like it just became something they did again. Whereas before they couldn't drive a car at all. It was like, could not sit in a car, could not drive a car because it was so much. Um, you know, the brain was holding on to so much of that car accident that had happened And then the person went to driving without even realizing they had. And that's, and I know that sounds interesting, but that is that same experience that I have where on a different, you know, level, different things, obviously, but I don't even realize that I don't anymore, like that I don't have the hang up anymore. I will just be doing something. And then, like I said, maybe never, I even realized, so I can't even tell you, there's probably a lot of things that have changed that I don't even know of because nobody's called it out or been said something that's made me think it, but it's like all of a sudden your brain isn't holding on to what it used to. The narrative has been rewritten. You've been released of this transportation back into the moment and all the feelings that were wrapped around it. And it's like, you're just free. You're free to move about the way that you want to without constantly being reminded that something went wrong. Um, and it's a really nice feeling to know, you know, that I can just, I can walk without constantly thinking, okay, you need to be ready. Like, to jump in the lake if somebody comes up too close to you. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, you know, there's lots of people running and jogging on the place that I go. Um, and there's a lake and I always think like anything comes up, I'm in that lake because I can swim. And now 
when I go out walking, I'm not constantly thinking about that I can jump into the lake. I'm not always looking over behind my shoulder to see who else is working out behind me. Like, you know, there's obviously people, but before I would literally be constantly knowing exactly who was behind me, how far they were behind me. And it's like, they're just running to, or they're just walking to. And, but I was viewing it like everybody was a potential threat or something could come from a situation. Um, and it's nice that I don't do that anymore. Now I just am moseying along on my walk on my way. And now I'm like, cool. Other people are out with me. Like I don't even really give it a second thought, which is again, amazing because when you've been trapped in that for so long, there's a lot of extra space to really just enjoy the scenery and take in the fresh air. And I don't know, let my mind wander on all sorts of random things and listen to my reality TV, two teas in a pod podcast. Shout out to them because I absolutely love them. Um, and listening to all the episodes. I don't know. So things like that have changed just daily interactions. I definitely think I'm more confident in what I say and how I say it now um, in some ways, which I've always like, like I said, I've always been a confident person. Uh, no, I haven't always. <laughs> I've had inner confidence that, you know, got dampened by stuff, but I eventually pulled it back out again and did, after a lot of self-love work. But I feel like now I'm more secure in what I'm saying because I'm not afraid of um, somebody acting out against what I'm saying. Like, I think I had fears around that maybe something I said cause the perceived threat of life. I don't know, right? Like, I don't know the why. And so I think I was always nervous and tiptoeing in some ways around what I was saying. But I think you can tell through this podcast, obviously, I am open and saying, you know, my opinions, my thoughts. Again, these are all just my opinions and thoughts. I'm not trained in anything, but I just have a goal of wanting to help others get to a place where they feel they can be authentic and live genuinely. Um, and I think since the therapy, I've gotten way more, I don't know, in a way, some ways my personality has come back. I think the sarcastic side of me that maybe has been muted to some extent. Um, and I'm not, I mean, sarcastic, it's kind of like, I'll make a funny and it's not super common when I do it, but you know, I'll say something a little funny, um, as a joke with people that I'm close with. And I feel like that's coming back more because I'm not necessarily afraid that it's going to, you know, lead to some huge situation or something anymore. Um, so I've been starting to notice that because I'll catch myself after and I'll be like, oh my gosh, you just said that. Like in the, I would say prior, I probably would have thought it and not said it. Um, cause I always get told, yeah, you're very, you know, political and how you should say things. Um, meaning, you know, I'm very careful with my words and I still am careful. I always will because I know words can hurt. Um, I know words can cause a lot of damage and I also know words can be amazing when used correctly and be the builders and strength and confidence that people need and that they can transform somebody's day into something just beautiful for them. And so I am very careful with my words, but you know, I'm a little more free with how I say things now because I'm not worried about this immediate, like something's going to come from it. Um, 
which is kind of nice. Still careful, but a little more fun. And I don't know, there's just so many things that I think about, like doing the photo shoot, launching my website, um, continuously to do this podcast and trying to expand my network and, you know, become a bigger presence. And I mean, I made my Facebook public. Whereas that when I had always kept private, I always wanted that one private. And it's like, why? I am doing something that's public. I'm doing something good. I'm here to help others. So why am I keeping it so private in one channel? Um, so it's like, I don't know. I'm just moving in the ways that I think is right. I was in the Texas State Fair parade. You know, that's something that I wouldn't have done in the past. I absolutely would not have because there I'm in a complete place of being vulnerable, right? I am on a float going through a crowd of people, people that I don't know. Um, you know, in my old brain, in my old brain, <laughs> I am older. <laughs> but what I mean by that is like my brain prior, the pre-brain would have been sitting there thinking of every single scenario that could go wrong the entire time I was in that. And it may have actually even prevented me from even signing up to do it because I've, I wouldn't have been able to get past the what ifs, the scenarios I was building up in my mind. And this time when I did it, I was literally having so much fun. I just was laughing. I was smiling. I was genuinely happy and in the moment to be there. Like, it was a beautiful thing to just be able to ride on the float and not think about anything negative the whole time. I never once thought of a scenario of something that could happen. I just enjoyed, I was dancing to the music, I was waving, I was interacting with people. And it was so cool to think about that after, like, that is something I would have majorly struggled with before like majorly struggled with before because I would have felt so exposed and so vulnerable up there. Um, so that is a huge, huge shift of how things happen. So, so much good is happening. I, you know, am getting into CrossFit again. Like I'm or again, well, I'm getting into working out happens to be CrossFit, but I'm starting over time, like more time since this is happening more things are starting to fall into place and I'm starting to notice all these positive changes and, or I'm not noticing things anymore. Um, and like I said, there's probably so many more things I don't even realize I've stopped doing or that used to, you know, give me pause that don't anymore. And I may never realize all of them, but I can tell you that what I do notice and the ways I'm making decisions and thinking, and it's just so much happier. It's a better place for me. And I feel like I'm just going to continue to get better as time goes on because I'm constantly owning my narrative now. And I'm constantly feeling like I'm in control of it. And sure, I'm going to still screw up with the ways that my narrative goes and I'm human, right? Just like all of you, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, times where I am like, okay, I don't know. Maybe I will have setback. I don't know. Maybe I won't. I haven't yet. Um, no, I'm just moving forward. And it's like, I'm reclaiming all these things. I'm letting 
you know, that personality of mine that has been in there shine. And I'm just ready. I'm ready to just be the free person that I was, the amazing person that I was. And, you know, just re- reclaim all that and just come back. Because living in a muted life, and what I mean by that is, you know, muting parts of me that I thought maybe could be triggers for somebody else is not a way to live when I'm always constantly walking on eggshells around everything and everyone. Um, So it's nice. It's nice not to, maybe I'll stomp the eggshell. (laughs) It's nice not to be worried about what everyone's going to think. And sure, I am perfectly fine not being for everyone. I'm okay with that. I get it. That's going to happen. Nobody's for everyone. And it's like, that's okay now. Before it was like, oh my gosh, I need to be the perfect thing for everyone. Can't be. That's an impossible expectation. But I always felt like I can't disrupt somebody else's life or do something to bring attention to myself. And now I'm like, hey, here I am. You take me if you like me. Don't if you don't. That's cool. We don't have to be friends. We don't have to interact. You don't have to follow me on social. You don't have to listen to the podcast. You can do whatever feels right for you. And that's the only thing I hope for everyone is that we all do things that are right for ourselves. And before I wrap this up, I did mention, I kind of wanted to say when I started therapy, you know, how did I tell people or didn't tell people, right? Because I don't know, there was some. Now I'm like, hey, I was in therapy, but when I started it and I wasn't where I am now, it was like, I don't know. I kind of felt like it needed to be secret um, and private and just kind of for me. And it took me actually a few weeks to even tell family members. And I didn't really go into much detail about it. I kind of explained what was going on because they were like, what? You know, (laughs) Um, I don't know, because I got pretty good at hiding, you know, everything I was dealing with. My husband obviously was fully aware. Um, But to other people, I was able to only share maybe things I wanted. And who wants to tell people all the time that they're feeling like they're going to be targeted in some way? Um, You know, it's kind of a doom and gloom scenario and if I told people I was thinking that, then I'd have to go into the whole story and I wasn't comfortable doing that because it transported me back. And you can see, I just, I would go and spiral and spiral. So it took me a little bit, you know, and I talked about it with my therapist, like what I, I said, I feel like this is something significant and maybe that I should cue my family in, but like, how, how could I even say, because I don't know how they'll receive it. And at the time I was still, you know, I hadn't gone through all the treatment. This was still earlier on. So I was very worried about the reception of the information and if I was going to make them uncomfortable. And that's another thing too. Um, I know I'm going on a little tangent, but I was worried about, yes, making somebody else uncomfortable with what I was sharing. And that was a big thing that now I'm not as worried about. Obviously, yes, I don't want to make people uncomfortable, but at the same time, I see the importance behind what I'm sharing um, and I'm reading the audience, right? And reading the room and the person I'm interacting with. Um, But I was worried about even telling somebody that I was going to therapy that they might be bothered by that when I should be able to say, hey, yeah, I'm going to therapy. And like, and then if they're like, okay, cool. 
then we end the combo. So they're like, okay, cool. Tell me more. And then, you know, I could tell them more. Um, but yeah, I was even worried about even having to tell them. And so I worked on, you know, how I wanted to share it the way I should say things to try to elicit the response I was hoping for, but also being okay with understanding that they not may not be invested in it in the way I am. Um, so that was discussion, obviously. And going through that, it went really good when I did say something, but I was glad I had kind of scripted the scenarios with my therapist and kind of figured out the right ways to say things and um, to disarm the situation because I was the one worked up about it, right? This was all in my mind still about how these things could play out. But I did tell them, I didn't tell everyone though. I probably told a few select people that I feel more safe with, um, but I really didn't tell many people at all. And then obviously once I was done and everything had felt like it was changing for me in such a positive way. Now I'm like, yeah, I went through therapy though. You know, there's no right or wrong. Um, you've got to do what's right for you. But yeah, it was very uncomfortable in the beginning. I was really nervous to tell people. And I don't know if it was partially shame being associated with being in it. And so I get why there's a stigma. I truly understand that because I felt in some ways like it was a weakness almost, which it should have never felt that way, but I get it. I felt those emotions and I'm angry that I even had to feel those because I should have never, I should have just been able to feel like this is just something for me that I need to do. And it's amazing that I'm doing it for myself and I should have felt no shame around it. And I don't know at all, not one bit, but in the beginning I did. So I get why there's this stigma around it, which I'm hoping to help break. Like, let's break that stigma. Like if you're in the place where you feel right about sharing your story, share it with somebody. It doesn't need to be on a podcast. It doesn't need to be on social. It can be in a one-on-one conversation, but you never know who you're going to impact with it. Because there were people when I started telling them, they were like, oh my gosh, so-and-so that I know is going through this and I'm going to tell them what you're doing. Is that okay? And I'm like, yes, please do. Because they need to know there is something out there that potentially can help them, right? Like, why wouldn't you try if you're ready? Um, but the more we share, the more knowledge that gets passed, the stigma changes, you know, awareness changes and, you know, people might feel more comfortable entering into something that might be able to help them or at least see if it can help them, right? Everything works differently for different people. But yeah, I was amazed how many people shared back when I did end up telling them and the little ripple effect started. And that's what's amazing. So be part of the ripple effect. If you can, if you want to share your story, I'm always here to listen and know I don't have to talk about it on the pod or share it anywhere else. But if you need an ear, I am here. Thank you for tuning in and letting me be so vulnerable about all of this and sharing something that, you know, shit has shaped my life in so many ways, both negative and now very positive. And keep living as you. Let your authenticness shine because you are worth it and continue to love yourself inside out. Catch you next week. That was your weekly dose of self-love with me, Lauren. Want more? Tune in next week and connect with me on Instagram at Mrs. Lauren Elizabeth Jones. Send me a DM. Let me know what you want to hear, what you think, and we'll talk about it all. Join me on the next Love Yourself Inside Out podcast.